Thank you for listening to Pow Block Podcast, the flagship Nintendo podcast of Boss Rush Network. Do you need even more gaming and entertainment in your life? Head over to BossRush.net where you can find news, reviews, creators, podcasts, and more focused around the content you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nintendo Power Block here on Watch Rush Games. I'm your host, the Nights and Excited Eddie V. Joining me is the Gallivating Galatrash himself, Mr. Jacob Taylor. I didn't do the thing again. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How's it going? I forgot to do my intro thing again. I told them that I would have an intro, and then I keep forgetting. So somebody remind me on Twitter, please. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jacob. The devastating dungeoneer himself, Mr. David Lasby. Hey, everybody. And joining us, our special, special guest, the sophisticated size, the sophisticated Skylander herself, Mr. Stephanie. Bring that energy, Ed. I love it. Hi, yes, yes. Uh, if, if people don't know when you see this, uh, Stephanie joined me for Talk the Walk about Green, and we had a phenomenal discussion. You guys are going to have to catch it because trust me, it is one discussion that uh, we had such a great time with. Uh, David Geyser from uh, another Zelda podcast, and Celeste joined me also, and we got to the nitty gritty. It, uh, the, uh, the, that discussion that they're pressing on me <laughs> i was just like oh my goodness this is the kind of stuff and then of course talking to david earlier about metroid and jacob about metroid is it, it brings me smiles <laughs> i would say that <laughs> but how was everybody's weekend jacob how was your weekend uh, yeah, and my weekend was eventful. Um, my power went out at 1 a.m. Saturday morning and then didn't come back up um, until it came up for like 10 minutes, I think around 9, and then didn't come back up again finally until like 11.50, I think, on Saturday in, in, from that time. And it might have it been actually before 1 a.m. I really don't remember because I was streaming later than normal. Uh, and then everything just died, um, like all power and everything. But other than that, it was it was pretty good. I've got a great snack Tindo this time to talk about, which will be really exciting. Yes. Yes. Uh, Stephanie, how was your weekend? Uh, it was all right. I was very busy. I uh, guested on a couple podcasts, actually. Yep, one of them was with, with you and Gree. Um, also met up with Pat and Celeste to talk indie games. Um, did a couple things around the house, installed some shelves, and I took the day off today, and I hit the beach for the first time this summer, which is sad, but awesome at the same time. I need to go to the beach. I need to At least just... once. <laughs> yes. Uh, David, how was your weekend? I had an awesome weekend. I got to go to my favorite retro video game store in Seattle called Pink Gorilla, and I even brought show and tell here. <laughs> I was hunting for these uh, Samus and Metroid uh, Amiibo set that I found oh. in the box. I did open what? because I never plan on reselling them, and I'm adding to my collection, so I'm super excited about that. And one other find that I was uh, really overjoyed about is this uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Super Nintendo Baseball issue of Nintendo Power, which I had as a kid. And 
it got taken out of my possession and all these years I've, I've wanted uh, my Nintendo Power Collection and that issue specifically. So I found it for 10 bucks and it was a must buy at Pink Gorilla. So um, it was it was fun. It was a good weekend and I had some great finds. So. All right. Yes. Well, like everybody. Uh, me, I um, uh, got some snacks for Snack Tindle that I can't wait to also talk about. Um, I think, no, I didn't. Did I do my Contra run? No, I didn't do my Contra run. That was last week. But I did try um, to do my uh, No Continue Super C run. Um, but I did wasn't successful uh, at it. Uh, but like I got my Dragon Quest Eleven for Xbox One and Switch. My uh, uh, Loftwing came in from Best Buy, uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, played a lot of games that came out. Uh, and I'll talk about that. We're playing with power, and um, had to uh, be a little bit urban. <laughs> Yesterday night at work. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. You guys, you who people who know me probably could all could think of what happened, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I had a fun. I actually had a fun filled weekend, and I'm definitely looking forward to this weekend because I am off, uh, and um, hopefully I could create some content with you guys and uh, go from there. I should say, but of course. You know what the time it is. Snack Tendo! So, I'm going to start off with David. Because me and Jacob, since we got reviews, we're, we're us two going to go last. So, David, what have you been snacking on? Well, the highlight of me uh, was this uh, Thai restaurant in the Seattle area called Arias, which um, is owned by a Thai family. But they... They use a lot of traditional recipes, which just happen to be vegan. So they ended up just kind of making the whole restaurant vegan and um, did like set out to be that. But it's it's a great vegan friendly place to go. And so I got um, they had like this special offering this weekend where you got like a little bit of all these different dishes for like one big combo. So I had pad thai. I had uh, mm-hmm. yellow curry uh, potato o- over rice. Um, I had this other uh, peanut rama dish, which was just to die for, and then some spring rolls. So I, I was like in Thai food heaven, uh, and I've been eating it for, for several days because I-, I got like the family sam- sampler, uh, <laughs> which my wife and I split. So it was awesome. David, yes. David, was it uh, – I don't know if you'll get this or not. Was it the peanut ranma one half? <laughs> Maybe. I'm gonna say is the that word a reference right. or something? Yeah, it's a manga, manga, however you want to say it. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It's, Sad. Yeah. Sorry, you're, you're I, I, I killed Ed apparently. Yeah, That's so, so okay. for people Ed liked it though. For people who are listening and aren't seeing ah! this, Ed is currently doubled back in His laughter. Microphone fell. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> that popped in That was precious. I yeah. love that. There he goes. <laughs> there he goes. Thank yeah. you for describing our antics, Stephanie. <laughs> Usually we forget to do stuff and we like pantomime things on the show and it's all audio. <laughs> but whenever we come back to reality, whew. Sorry. sorry about that, <laughs> yeah. Stephanie, what have you been snacking on? So yeah, it's it's been a while. So summary: two weeks ago, I went to see Ali Wong live in Boston. 
I love her. She's my hero. She's She's my spirit animal. Yeah. So I saw her with a friend of mine. uh, So shout out to you, Charlotte. And we hit up Chinatown beforehand and we got some awesome dim sum and some pastries to go. So, you know, gotta love that. And then I had a great harvest in my garden. So I made zucchini lasagna, which at (gasps) first, yeah, (laughs) at first some people are like, ooh, zucchini. I'm like, no, trust me. You do it the right way, you barely notice a difference. Well, you notice a little bit. But <laughs> so that was good. I love it because it's just cheese and more cheese and, like, several different cheeses. Um, and then last, I'm kind of, like, moving down the scale here just to a regular snack. I bought some signature brand. I don't know if you guys have Shaw's in your part of the country. I don't know. So, you know how every grocery store has their brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was on sale. So I'm like, sure, I'll got the movie butter popcorn for my son. And I got the one with a kick. I'm like, oh, I love anything with a kick. So it's cheddar popcorn with a kick. And I guess the kick is just ground pepper. But it leaves like this nice heat in your mouth, which isn't too, too, too much. And I just I'm a big sucker for popcorn when it comes to snack. I think it's one of my favorite finger foods. Like if I'm gaming, I just have a nice bowl right next to me. So you I finished it out. Did you you right? Did you see David with his skinny pot sweet vanilla? That yes. I, I still get that. Yes, I still need, need to. My soul jumped out with happiness. I had to. I literally had to interrupt David to be like, wait, 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 wait. What is that flavor? What brand? Because he had. My, I love skinny pop. That's one of my favorite brands. Love it, love it, love it. When it comes to popcorn, popcorn for me is a movie snack. Everything else is a hard pass. It's, if you're not wow. watching a movie, popcorn is not the snack. That's that's. But it's a must-have at movies. You can't go to a movie theater without popcorn. Like a time and a place for popcorn. Exactly. Yes. yes. That's right. <laughs> oh, so Jacob, do you want me to go next or? Uh, I'll go next because I don't think I can okay. top you. <laughs> uh, so for my snack, Tindo, I actually have one. Um, I was at the gas station just getting gas and picking up some stuff that I needed for, for my day. And I saw the – it's like a fruity cereal Kit Kat. <gasps> and I was like, oh, that, that's got Snack Tindo written all over it. So I picked it up. I showed it off to Ed and all the other guys in, in, in Pow Block and was like, I know what I'm talking about this week. And <gasps> oh, my goodness. This thing, it tasted like eating a bowl of Fruity Pebbles. Like <laughs> so much so. It's a Kit Kat. It has chocolate. Chocolate is in the ingredients even on this brand. And I could not for the life of me taste chocolate at all, but absolutely t- – like milk and all. It tasted like I was eating a, a fresh bowl of Fruity Pebbles mm-hmm. and it was so good. Like I felt like a little kid again. It was awesome. Um, so I had that and then also uh, because of TikTok, I tried making <laughs> I tried making macaroni and cheese, just the regular boxed craft macaroni and cheese a different way. Normally I just follow the instructions because I'm a good I'm a good guy. Follow instructions. Um, but somebody on TikTok recommended that you put the wa- the the noodles in the bowl and then uh, put water in just above where the noodles are, where the dry noodles are, and then you bring that to a boil and then throw the cheese sauce in and then throw butter and then finally, like, whatever else you want and then finally milk. And I kid you not, that's the best way I've ever eaten macaroni and cheese. It, like, you have to, you do have to stir it a whole lot more because there's very little water. And so if you leave it sitting at all, it'll, like, burn on the bottom. 
but it, it was like so, so creamy and rich that like I'd never had before making it the normal way. So yeah, weird, weird little hack for your craft macaroni and cheese, but there you go. Oh, nice. Uh, I did try the Kit Kat uh, fruity cereal, and uh, I I agree. Um, I approve. It, it, it gets an it's back to their approval. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I just got gas, but damn, tomorrow I am going to drive to a gas station, <laughs> as many gas stations as I need to find this thing. It's so good, uh, and it, like the fact that it wasn't chocolatey at all was really nice to me, because usually they're just so rich in, in that chocolate, but this one, it'll, straight up Fruity Pebbles. Right, because mm-hmm. the chocolate can overpower a lot of other fav- flavors if, mm-hmm. it, if it's not done right, so mm-hmm. oh, perfect. Yes. Well, my uh, Snack Tendo is uh, two review, uh, one review for two chips. So um, I found some Lay chips, but it has the Cheeto flavor to it. So it's Lay's, which the Cheetos uh, powder cheeseness. Um, and so if you don't actually like Cheetos, this is a great replacement. Like it was really good. I was just like, "Ooh, this bag is gone." <laughs> uh, it was really good. And then I had the funniest wave lace. Um, it's the uh, regular lace, but, but with the wavy uh, texture for the chip with the f- uh, funniest flavor on it. It's okay, but I prefer the regular funniest. I think they tried to do, you know, do a mixed match thing of it. There is some Dorito Ranch uh, lay chips that I need to still need to find. Um, but yeah, the funny ones I wasn't feeling. I, if, if it's okay, but if you really want some good funnies, just go buy a bag of funnies uh, and enjoy it. So um, the Chester Cheetah Lays, yes. The funnies, mm, yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a virtual boy <laughs> where the Chester Cheetahs are uh, a Super Nintendo. Let's just say, let's go with that. Uh, do you, do you remember when Cheetos used to sell the like Chester Paws instead of like the regular Cheetos? Yes, yes. I used to get them at my gra- at the gas station right by me. They used to be oh, two pies in the back. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember those. They had those. Oh, I would buy those over the regular Cheetos. Yep. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, a- oh, go ahead. No, no. Just whatever happened to those things? Did they just like not sell well? Because I I remember them too. I think it you was, can. I think you can find them in like their. They have like a Sweetos bag, where it's like sweet cheese. It sounds really gross, but it's surprisingly <laughs> good. Um, and I think they okay. put like the fun shapes and stuff in there. Yeah, because mm. I used to buy that with the uh, crystal, crystal Pepsi. Mm. That was did, out. Oh man! Oh. <laughs> did any of y'all uh, in science class burn a Cheetos puff and it burned blue? No, no, yeah. I can't that be good a, though. That, yeah, that was a, that was a whole thing for like a week in my science class in high school. Is one of them we had we were like burning different foods to find calories, and somebody lit their Cheetos. It was just one. We all had a Cheeto puff in the same bag, but one Cheeto puff burned blue, and it was like, wow, that's not that's not good. So, and we actually, got, it's funny. We actually got to uh, burn. Uh, for our science class, we got to burn three different liquids to see how if they could blow up a, blow up a balloon. So we did water, we did soda, and then we did vinegar. 
And so we used those three water in terms of the state, it blew with the fastest. Actually, soda can blow it up, but it takes it takes a while because of the acid that's in there. And it doesn't blow up as big. And then vinegar doesn't really do nothing. It just leaves a bad smell because you're <laughs> boiling vinegar. And it's just like, ah, we didn't do oil because we'll be like, oh, this will catch on fire. We're not about to do that as a kid gonna- in high school call this segment food science with ed Food science with Ed. <laughs> yes so everybody uh with that it's time for gang fact events david please let us know about the game fact events this week all right well uh thank you ed i've recently become obsessed with one of nintendo's oldest franchises metroid The original game, which was published August 6, 1986, was heavily influenced by one of my other favorite franchises, the science fiction and horror film Alien. And this is from Laura Hudson at Wired.com. Quote, both Metroid and Alien came by defining their element almost by accident. Metroid was nearly complete when a member of the game development team suggested making Samus female to, quote, surprise the player. The original 1979 movie Alien had a similar gender flip. Although the hero of the film had been scripted as a male, director Ridley Scott decided to change the character to a woman, Ellen Ripley. She would be the last one you would think would survive, he explained, but she does, not despite her femininity, but in some ways because of it. Metroid creator Yoshio Sakamoto described Alien as a huge influence on his games, which similarly owes a profound debt to the haunting art of H.R. Jigger. His skeletal designs inspired both the multi-mouthed xenomorphs that stalked through the shadows of the series and the spiny architecture of the alien world in Prometheus, and make their way into the world of Metroid as well. The Chozo statues that offer Samus power-ups bear more than a passing resemblance to the engineers that Ripley encounter on the abandoned spaceships and aliens. The spiky, pincered enemies that creep along through its lower levels also evoke a similar insectoid revulsion. One game literally refers to Metroids as, quote, xenomorphs, while the evil miniboss Ridley, who shares a name with Alien's director, has a distended skull reminiscent of the film's otherworldly killer. And I think it's interesting, um, you know, in a lot of ways this has come full circle because the Alien franchise's most uh, successful video game to date is Alien Isolation, which is available on Switch. And many folks in, uh, who are fans of the Metroidvania genre look at that as a game that's inspired by Metroid. So we have the inspiration circle coming fully around here with Alien and Metroid. So that is our yeah. game fact advance. Which is funny because the Alien game that Ray Ford did also on, uh, I think, the DS was a popular one, too. Uh, it was like a Metroid kind of style game uh, from it, uh, which is cool. Which is cool. Which I, I don't know. I think you guys are probably paying attention that Nintendo's been releasing facts about Metroid. And the mm-hmm. latest one they announced was how Metroid got this name. It's with Metro and Android put together. That's I was right. like, oh, that's cool. And then everything. Uh, and uh, me me and uh, uh, Jesse from Arsenal X, we was talking about it. I was just like, yeah, Nintendo's been releasing a lot of info about Metroid. And this is the first time that they really dicked in to letting people know more about the history of Metroid. That has never happened 
from Metroid. Like, yes, it is mm-hmm. one of Nintendo's biggest properties, but because of the sales, and we're going to actually get this into uh, game, not game fact, but it's family news, that because Metroid has become way popular this year, this is the first time that this game has kind of got recognition. So Nintendo is using that to the market how big in the history of this series and uh i think you talked about it um david when we were talking about simmons returns and Mm -hmm. uh um the zero mission how they sold on wii u well not not so much simmons returns but like zero mission how it bucked up into sales on wii u that's how popular metroid has become it's it's just shocking to hear Mm -hmm. that to see that Yes, oh, well, I guess it's time to get into Femi News! <laughs> David, take it away. All right, thank you, Ed. So <clears throat> our first story for the panel here, Castlevania, the art of the animated series is on the way. So this is from Brian over at NintendoEverything.com. So Dark Horse Comics is releasing a 200-page book about the art and animation of the hit Netflix show, Castlevania. Quote, here's the official product description from Dark Horse. Fans of Castlevania will uh, covet this opportunity to learn all there is to know about the development of the animated series with this beautiful, expertly designed, full-color, hardcover art book featuring concept art and commentary from all four seasons of the hit animated series. Gothic adventure and horror abound in Netflix Castlevania. Now explore the work behind the scenes of the popular show that was originally inspired by the classic video games. Hundreds of pieces of ultra-detailed artwork are combined in these pages, including stunning, never-before-seen illustrations of monsters, characters, and environments. Experience the labor of love expressed while adapting the design for Dracula's castle and get a closer look at the intricacies of each prop's fastidiously created components. Retailers are currently listing Castlevania, the art of the animated series, for August 31. So, panel, for your consideration, uh, are any of you comic fans or collectors and plan on getting this? Um, And then with all the incredible success that Castlevania has had and the new Netflix film uh, Monster Hunters Legends of the Guild, which just came out, do you see other Nintendo or video game franchises making a successful jump to film or television? Uh, Jacob, I'm going to start with you. Have you checked out that uh, Monster Hunters uh, film yet on Netflix? And what do you think about um, Castlevania getting an art book like this? Um, I think it's really cool that Castlevania is getting an art book. I really, really loved the Castlevania series on Netflix. Watched it, binged watched it until we got to the, I think it was season three or, or mm-hmm. no, yeah, season three. And then they released season four. Um, the, uh, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's cool that it, I think it's cool that it's getting the art book. I think it's cool that the, the people behind all of that art, uh, are going to get a little bit more recognition. I hope that their names are listed somewhere in it. I hope that we get to get to see a little bit behind the scenes in that way. Uh, to that point, I refuse to watch the Monster Hunter one because the Monster Hunter one looks like Garbo. Um, the, the, <laughs> the, the content. <laughs> the drawn the drawn art style for Castlevania looks so good, and they could just as easily mm-hmm. do that in Monster Hunter. But instead, they did like the same thing with the new. I don't know if y'all see. I'm getting off topic, but the the new Rugrats remake. It's like this weird 3D animation thing, like clay animation thing. It's not even claymation. It's just 3D clay. It's real. I don't like it. It, it puts me it like it's very off-putting to me. So I refuse to watch it, even though I love Monster Hunter, um, because I think it's the art style for that one is bad. So I know I don't want an art style for that book. <laughs> um, but future stuff, sure, absolutely. 
just go back to hand drawn. <laughs> All right. Well, Stephanie, do you think that the success of Castlevania and now, you know, we've got merchandise connected to the show as well. You know, Jacob does has no love for the Monster Hunter movie, but it is doing really well on Netflix. Do you think Nintendo's paying attention to this at all? Possibly see other franchises come to the screen? What do you think? I'm sure they're at least paying attention to it, but I just know that Nintendo has a history of being very protective about their own IPs. I mean, I know, what, there's a Mario movie that's going to be, that's in the mm-hmm. works, but I mean, mm-hmm. other than that, like, traditionally up until this point, especially with Zelda, how many times have I clicked on those clickbaity titles yeah. saying that Link um, and Legend of Zelda <laughs> is going to go to Netflix and I'm constantly crushed five minutes later when I realize <laughs> it's garbage. Um, but again, you know, Nintendo, although, again, very protective, they they do kind of explore avenues. I just don't, I think it'll take some time before they get there. Um, mm-hmm. Just a side note about Dark Horse and, and I'm so glad they exist. I am a huge sucker for art books like ah. nintendo boss's weakness is the eye right for me my weakness is, is <laughs> art books i will buy an art book for a, a franchise that i don't even play like mm-hmm. i'm too chicken to play resident evil i did buy re2 remastered i will play that but i'm too chicken to play i still bought a resident evil 7 i'm not sure if it's dark horse but like a book about how it's made and the concept art mm-hmm. because it just i love it so just saying you know it'll pull in fans that might not might not be hardcore gamers and it might mm-hmm. pull gamers into the entertainment side so i think overall it's a great business idea so long as um you know they can kind of estimate you know its purchasing power if that makes sense totally and i'm glad that you brought that part up i dark horse is my favorite comic book company i i've always loved what they've done for years they had um they were involved in the Aliens franchise, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorites, I've already said. <laughs> so um, I will be absolutely buying this Castlevania uh, art book set. Because like you, I, I have, you know, I love looking through art books. I had the, the Zelda one is fantastic, uh, which I think Dark Horse actually may have also produced that one. I yes. could be wrong. Um, so, and you know, Stephanie, you had said that Nintendo's really, um, protective of their IPs. I think we probably have the 1980s Zelda cartoon to thank for that, uh, as an example. (laughs) (laughs) And we want to close this story with getting your take on this. Um, what, what's your reaction to Dark Horse putting this out as merchandise for the show? Is Nintendo paying attention? What do you think? Um, I think it's wonderful. Um, our book's you know, are really great to put out for people to go and grab. And now it's kind of the new collector's item for people who are buying gays or who just, like, love to have something on the table. We consider them as table reads. And I'm definitely going to buy this one because I love Castlevania as a series. I love what they did with the show. And I kind of want to just see, see the ideas of the artists i'm always into art i love to see the behind the scenes on how they made the characters that they put them in different clothing and things like that um i think nintendo is paying attention but it has to be like on their terms on, on releasing it like the legend of zelda one is a good one um they used to do a lot of their art stuff like that with their guides so you would mm-hmm. get like extra stuff in yeah. their guides I used to have the Super Metroid guy, and there was stuff in there um, that wasn't in the game that was from character designs and everything. And I was just like, wow, looking at it, just like, 
I I was surprised that Nintendo allowed extra content that way to be in the book. So mm-hmm. I think Nintendo is paying attention mm-hmm. for it, and I think we will get an art book. Um, but what they're what I think what they do is with their art books, that's when you're doing a pre-order. That's when you're getting a collector's item. So they they instead of just doing separate purchases, they'd be like, we're going to box this one. I still have my Xenoblade Chronicles two art book, and mm-hmm. I still have the first one, and I actually had a little miniature i think i still have my little uh my xenoblade one from the wii that collection that art book when i when i uh, pre-ordered the game so i think nintendo knows about it and i think they're doing it when they're doing some kind of collection thing that you pre-order they throw in art books that's why a lot of people buy stuff for no lim- for limited mm-hmm. run games is that there once you include an art book in something that's when people are going to get it stephanie that great art book Yes. Oh, goodness. I, if you want beauty in your mm. house or in your, on your stand, and if you are able over. to, yeah. <laughs> my friend, my friend Larry, he has it. We looked at that whole book and my draw was dropped on how artistic and beautiful that game is. So yeah, I think Nintendo's paying attention. I think people will get, continue to get more art books if they buy their games. Yeah, and you know what, Ed? At least the art books would be easier to obtain than Amiibos, apparently. <laughs> so oh, yes. You can get something. <laughs> yes. And you mentioned uh, that Nintendo used to include extra artwork in their players' guides, and that that is the reason that started me collecting players' guides over the years, even though I don't necessarily like to use them when I play. The, the one that that form that love for me was the link to the past uh, player's guide uh, re- released with the SNES classic. Cause there was uh, game art that you couldn't get anywhere else that was yes. in that player's guide. Um, so boy, that brings back some memories. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our next story here. So GameStop releases their list of top five pre-ordered games. Metroid dread is number one on that list. And this is an interesting list. I'll, I'll go ahead and share from the fifth most pre-ordered all the way to the top one, because we got some big names on this list. And for Metroid to be at the top, I think is raising a lot of eyebrows. So, uh, we have Shin Megami Tensei five as the fifth most pre-ordered game. Uh, the Pokemon legends Arceus is at number four Mario party superstars. Number three, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which of course is coming out soon, is second. And then a number one is Metroid Dread. Now, for some context, no Metroid game has ever sold more than three million copies. So uh, in our show notes here, we have a list of the top 10, top 11 um, selling Metroid games thanks to VGCharts.com. And of course, Metroid Prime is at the top there with 2.82 million units sold. Metroid, the original for NES, was 2.73 million sold. And then it really just plunges after that. So in spite of being such a prolific franchise, not a lot of sales so it's interesting to see it at the top there. So, Jacob, I'll start with you. Uh, any surprises on this list? Will Dread finally be the Metroid game that sells more than 3 million copies and prove once and for all that it's a flagship franchise for Nintendo? Well, if the rest of the world is like you and I, David, then yes, Metroid <laughs> will reach that with this new game because so many people are jumping onto the Metroid series because of how hype this new game looks. And just like you and I, I have become full fan-loving Metroid fans um, because it's just so, so, it's such a good series and I'm mad at myself for sleeping on it for so long. Um, But 
can so were there no was this like specifically Nintendo games? Were there no non Nintendo games on that list? On it was just five? their top five pre ordered. That's wow. it. They did that, not limit it like, to Nintendo. Okay, I, that's insane. Are there no games coming out for the other consoles that people are excited about? Or at least are they not available for pre-order? So this is the thing about it. I think it's digital. It. I think people are ordering digital for those digital. other consoles. Were that what you were yeah. going to say, Ed? Sorry. Oh, yeah. the same thing. That I think PlayStation is getting the digital copies. And then if anything is coming on Game Pass, they're waiting for that version uh, to get it. Unless they're doing PC. But that makes sense. I but really still, mean. there are people that collect physical for, those, for other consoles, so right? So, like, the common, mm-hmm. the common thread is that it's, those are usually Nintendo fans. Yeah. Because Nintendo <laughs> fans have, like, the history <laughs> well, of having kind of, class. Like, yeah. kind of, Switch is kind of now the only system that people will pre-order physical and digital. So, one game could be number one uh, at a store or even on Amazon. And then it also could be, like, the number one eShop game that's digitally downloaded for pre-orders. I really Ed, let me let me. Oh, go ahead, Jacob. I, I was just gonna say I really wish that Nintendo would like open the curtains on that a little bit. I wish that they would show us what what game like numbers what games are doing numbers wise on the sales. Yeah, because that there's always that caveat in like the NPI. No, that's something that I do in work. What is it? The the monthly MPD. MPD. Sorry, MPD. That MPI is a work thing. Um, <laughs> uh, th- there's always that caveat of like, oh, but this is just physical. Wonder how it's doing elsewhere. Like, and I wish we could get into that into that info. Yeah, because that would be so fun to like deep dive and see what these games really are doing digitally. And yet, even just physical sales, Nintendo still cleans up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ed, I wanted to get your opinion on this. Um, how many copies do you think Metroid Dread's going to sell based on these pre-order uh, ranking and, and the exposure it's getting? Okay, so before I get into that one, what is Azurus doing on this list? The game is not even out yet. Like, when well, I see that as pre-order, is it? When I see that for a pre-order, <laughs> I was just like, we had... This is bonkers that a game that's not even out yet that's coming in 2022 is leading in pre-orders. Number four? Well, I bet I bet I, I bet uh, I bet that a lot of people go in with ten bucks. Cause at GameStop mm-hmm. it's five dollars to pre-order. So I bet yes. Pokemon fans go in and they're like, let me get Diamond or Pearl, and then here's the next one as well. Just so, it, get it done. What's the thing about is I didn't know the game was up for pre-order. Yeah, yeah, that, I, didn't that's, either. I didn't either. Like, like, how in the heck is this number four? So that blew my mind. I love everything else about this. I think, I think, so I think it is going to hit past three million or I, I say two million, I would say. Definitely the way that since it is dropping off with um, the Switch OLED, um, I think people who pre-ordered the, o- the OLED is also pre-ordering more of Metroid uh, Dread. So it was already, it had already hit number one, I think the week after um, E3, and it's just been there. So it's just like, wow, this is crazy that this game is still doing number one. This is the, this is the love that Metroid needs. Because the thing about it is when we saw Metroid Other M being shown, and we found out that Team Ninja was doing it, like Tecmo was doing it, we thought the sales of Metroid Other M would be huge in jump. 
fortunately it didn't work out that way. So to see this, and even Simmons return didn't do the numbers that we hoped that it should have done. But now seeing this, that everybody's excited to see this game, um, it's kind of good because not only did this pre-order doing well for the Metroid series and for Nintendo, they're getting more sales for their past titles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's getting other people into the series. Jacob, let's as, get you in on as a prediction. I I'd like to everyone to see, but I think that I think that right now the top ten Nintendo Switch games are the number ten is Ring Fit Adventure at eleven million copies. I think that by the end of October, Metroid Dread will pass that, and I think by the end of the year, it will enter the top five. I really, really wow. do. With how many people are pre-ordering this game, I think that that's going to skyrocket up to within that top five games. I think it'll fall <laughs> back down, but I it, it, it'll like it'll sell let, quick. Let me get Stephanie in on this. Stephanie, looking at those top five pre-orders, any surprises on there for you, and how well do you think Dread will do? Um, no surprises for me. I think that's you know pretty on par with what I kind of see, um, especially um, I keep mixing up the t- the how the title is for that. Super Mar- is it Mario Party? How, how Superstars. Superstars. I was like, there's a super in there somewhere that it's number two. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Um, I I believe this is uh, Metroid's time to really you know shine and have that come back because you know they're drawing the older audience. Well, us, right? That the generation where you know initially came out. Maybe those who haven't played it yet, like you know you Jacob, you Lasby, like even me as well. And I'm like back. In, I got drawn. I'm getting drawn back in it. Also, it'll attract just brand new customers. So I just think it's going to get hit by those two waves, so to speak. And kind of what Ed said, um, even though there's no hint of a bundle or anything, the fact that it's coming out at the same time as OLED, I think it'll help. Maybe not significantly, kind of how um, Breath of the Wild was the launch game of the, mm-hmm. the Switch itself. But I still feel like there's an influence on that. Yeah, I think those are great points. Uh, let's go ahead and check in with our next story. Uh, this is from Joseph uh, Noop at IGN.com. Nintendo Switch sweeps Japanese sales chart, a feat that hasn't been accomplished in 30 years. So this is actually kind of related to that question that, Jacob, you were wondering about earlier. Um, so, quote, for reportedly the first time since 1988, the 30 top 30 best-selling games in Japan are all from one console. Unsurprisingly, that console is the Nintendo Switch, according to Famitsu and Game Data Library, a source tracking Japanese sales data as spotted by Axios. The last time that a single console was responsible for all 30 top-selling titles in a week was the Famicom, the Japanese uh, NES. It wasn't that unusual during the 1990s for the top 30 to be a combination of Famicom, Super Famicom, and Game Boy games, but never just one. Game Data Library tweeted, This is unprecedented. It's the first time all 30 games are from the same system after the top 30 tracked all platforms. So, panel, what is going on here? Uh, Why aren't Sony and Microsoft breaking into these sales slots? With Nintendo constantly dominating sales, why doesn't the company get talked about or garner respect in the same way that the other big companies do? So, Ed, it looks like you're licking your lips ready to go with this one. Lay it on us. What do you think? Microsoft doesn't have a chance in Japan at all. Mm-hmm. Japanese players are not doing Game Pass. They're not but doing. But not even a single game in the top 30 yet? No. The 3DS has been beating Series X. 
that's crazy when the handheld handheld system is doing better than the, the new, they they just don't do Microsoft system in Japan. Sony, yes, is oh it's doing good, but because they still have chip shortages, no one can't really get one. And then the games for it, no one is really playing, or like there's not enough games for people to get in Japan. So Nintendo is supplying everybody who is definitely you know who like mobile gaming and always on a consistent go. They love playing it, uh, getting the Switch. Now, yes, the pandemic is still a major thing in Japan, so everybody's playing stuff at home, but there's a lot of great RPGs that they love. There's a lot of uh, indie games from America that people are probably importing or playing and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that uh, Japanese player players can find on the Switch that they love. So that's why when you look at the list and like Nintendo was killing it, it's because a lot of people are gravitating towards that that mobile aspect. They could get those games and carry them with on the go. The other systems just Microsoft, like I said, Microsoft don't have a chance, and the other systems don't, uh, and PlayStation just don't have the games there for people to get into. Um, as for why Nintendo doesn't get that same res- kind of respect and everything, it's because a lot still there's a mentality that a lot of third parties does not consider Switch as a console. They don't consider it as a competitor, and it's smashing records left and right. Yeah. It's making companies stay in business. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like. I keep saying, just with the 3DS, when Square was having all the was not selling a big title and they was like being hurt by it something like bravely default made them a huge amount of money and put them in the black that even shocked square enix and stuff so it's just it, a lot of people are weirded out in the fact that how's nintendo making all of this money and i got all of these powerful systems and they're not getting the same recognition or doing the same sales as Nintendo. It's not just because of Nintendo marketing. It's because I think Switch and this generation is is offering something for everybody, and the other systems aren't doing that. So, so Ed, let, let me get Stephanie in on this, and then Jacob will get to you. You know, given what Ed said, you know, given that this is the first time in 30 years for a single console to to have all 30 slots, and of course, the last one to do it was Nintendo's NES. Uh, Stephanie, where does the Switch rate for you in terms of the best video game consoles of all time i mean does this does this seem to be suggesting anything about the switch or do you, is it too soon for that kind of thing well first of all i have to say that this discussion of it being 30 years makes me feel wicked old <laughs> wicked old okay um to the point where i got so distracted i almost forgot your question but let me see here i used to have this unhealthy like just I don't know this. I put the, my N64 on a pedestal. I don't know why. Like now, you know, ever since I got involved with um, the Boss Rush community, you know, you guys are opening up my 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 eyes a bit more. And you know, I my PlayStation is my secondary device. I am going to eventually either get an Xbox or I did pre-order the Steam Deck. We'll see how that goes. Ooh, okay. All right, I'll test it out for you guys. I'm being neutral. Um, you know, the N64 did kind of, you know make some waves in its time but i i have to say and i don't know how much weight it's going to carry because i'm on nintendo pal block but i do feel that <laughs> the switch is one of the most impactful revolutionary and well deserving of um how well it's doing uh because of everything that ed said i don't want to repeat all of that necessarily but it's 
you know, the fact that you can convert it between, you know, docking it and being on the go. Um, the fact that Nintendo is still working on it, but expanding and, and supporting its third party, um, especially indie. Like, again, not saying Sony and Microsoft aren't supporting indie, but Nintendo's really killing it in the indie market. And indie games are just kind of blowing things out of the water. So I will say that. And I know it's, I would also say in addition to the portability, which is huge in Japan, um, I think in the West probably doesn't do so well, meaning having all 30 games being Nintendo titles is because in the West, we a lot of people care a lot about frame rates and how well games can perform. Mm. And maybe, you know, again, culturally, culturally, that's not as important in the Japanese market where they might be more, again, focused on portability and maybe just the story or the, the you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think great points from both of you. And Jacob, let me just set the table for you here. So uh, we've got these crazy record sales numbers here. And, and we also have discussion of where does the switch fall in terms of systems of all time. Let's get you in on this. What are your thoughts on this stuff? Um, I yeah no I I'll go out and say it. I think the Switch is the greatest Nintendo system of all time. I it's, <laughs> before that my favorite system uh, was the was the Game Boy Advance uh, for the portability for the quality of games because I've never been a big like. I've never been a big uh, person of, like, this game has to be the best looking and fastest uh, frame rate yeah. and everything. Like, I just want fun. Um, so the Game Boy Advance was that for me. But, like, a lot of the Game Boy Advance games that I cherish are coming back to, or coming to the Switch, such as Advance Wars. Um, what, I, what I do think is interesting is that... The, more so for more so for Nintendo and less so for their competitors. I think that the Switch puts a new a new precedent on them to not ever go back to doing a home console and a, a handheld. I think even if they yeah. take it in a different direction, they're going to they're going the 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 part the Switch part of the Switch is going to be in every console they make from now on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a dock. Maybe it'll just be something you plug in and you have a separate controller. Like I don't know how they'll do it, but I really don't think that they are going to ever go back to having handheld and console games because that the the fact that like you had mentioned that um the only other times was like the Game Boy, the Super Famicom and the Famicom like that, that Game Boy, they were, they were in, but the Game Boy, like that's what kind of hindered this feat for them. Cause if it had always been the same, if the, if the, if the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom could have been portable and handheld, it would have just continued to stay that way. Right. Like it would have, yeah. it would have been, it wouldn't have been at 30 years ago. It would have been 28 years ago or whatever. Um, right. Uh, but that that's where I think it, it it that's where I think Nintendo has to set their sights on. And I we've seen Sony try to get into the handheld market. I know <laughs> yeah. I know Microsoft is trying with their with their glass application where you can use basically any device to stream Xbox games to to that device. Um, but I don't I don't know if I'll ever if we'll ever see them fully diving in either company diving into handheld again. Like I, I think that they've just kind of accepted the fact that Nintendo owns that market, especially the market mm-hmm. in Japan, mm-hmm. but then the handheld market in general. And the only other thing that can kind of compete with them, really, I I I think the mobile phones goes above. 
what Switch is capable of, but that's just because everybody has a phone and not right. everybody has a Switch. Uh, but like, that's the only thing that could compete with them. Like, I don't even think we talked about it last week, but I, I think the steam deck is going to be really cool for people who don't mm-hmm. have a gaming PC. But if someone is like a PC gamer, they're going to want to play on the beefiest hardware they can make out of desk yeah. with multiple monitors. But, uh, <laughs> and I think this is the failure of the steam deck. Um, and I kind of, uh, said some questions. I was talking to the guys at, um, beyond WASD. Um, or WSD and Beyond podcast. I was talking to him, and I, and I kind of just feel like, why would you spend that money to get a system that is not intended for its use? Why are you trying to make it this hype, hype res Switch version? You know, why are you? Well, it, it has all the 4K. And I'm like, yeah, it has all this technical stuff, but you're still doing something illegal to make an impression. You're being a copycat. And you're turning and you're turning the system into what is not. That just still shows that Nintendo is still supreme, because when you are a company that's trying to imitate and copycat and you fail at it, or you gotta get your people to do something illegal about it, that means that you are not strong enough. Your 4K and your specs don't do nothing if it can't even if it can't even stand on its own and everybody's already talking about they're going to do something illegal to the system that means that your system's not strong enough to go against the all right ad that is a very <laughs> hot take <laughs> we got to pause because we're gonna we're gonna get really waylaid here on on know. the news but um you know i do think it's worth discussing because i you know stephanie you've already mentioned you pre-ordered it and i it really caught my attention as well so i, I I think it might be too soon to write it off yet, but I suppose that's a conversation for another day. Um, All right. So a couple more stories here to get to. So Suda51 says No More Heroes 4 is probably about 10 years away and is is interested in a Shinobu spinoff. So this is from Brian at NintendoEverything.com. And uh, the original interview was from Game Explain. Uh, so, quote, the wait between No More Heroes 1 and 2 wasn't very long, as the sequel followed just a couple of years after the first game. However, the same can't be said of the series' latest entry. After we saw No More Heroes 2 in 2010, it's taken over a decade to get No More Heroes 3. We may be in a similar wait for a theoretical fourth game. In an interview with Game Explain director Suda51, Uh, said that No More Heroes 4 would be, quote, probably about in 10 years or so, both in real life and in the game's time. He also said he has a potential idea in mind in which Travis would go up against a super hardcore enemy up north who is basically the No More Heroes version of Drago from Rocky IV. Um, Travis Touchdown is the star of No More Heroes, but the series does have other memorable characters. In that same interview, Suda51 spoke about interest in making a spinoff featuring Shinobu. To be honest, I'm considering giving Shinobu her own spinoff, possibly. Other characters as well, but Shinobu in particular? Putting it simply, though, No More Heroes is not my IP. Marvelous owns a majority of the IP and Grasshopper owns a part of it. The problem is we can't go off and do whatever we want with these characters, but everyone at Grasshopper is really conscious of the importance of this character. Um, All right. Well, does this story surprise you given the success of No More Heroes 1 and 2 and the imminent release of No More Heroes 3? Do you think a spinoff like the one discussed would do well sales-wise? Would it be received from fans? I'm curious who on the panel has played No More Heroes. I, I haven't played that. Uh, Ed, are you? Yeah, I think this is an Ed question yeah, here. Give it to Ed. 
Ed, what, what are your reactions? Because I know this news did make some waves. It's kind of an odd story to, to come out and say that a sequel is 10 years out. What do you, what do you make of all this? So um, I could see that. Um, no More Heroes 1 uh, kind of just showed off what the we can do. Um, that kind of helped make Suda 51 a bigger name um, because of Killer 7. Uh, people who played Killer 7 kind of knew who he was in some of his other games, but not fully uh, got to know him. So, so uh, No More Heroes uh, kind of made them a big name. Uh, no More Heroes 2 is a phenomenal game. It mixes a, a whole bunch of different uh, gameplay styles and everything. So when it came to No More Heroes 3, um, Suda51 was making other games. If anyone remember, is I think it's Chainsaw Cheerleader or something like that. That was on PS3 where you was a cheerleader and you would do these combo things with a chainsaw. Suda51 kind of made that. Uh, and he was making all of these other games and, and stuff. There is a one that he went with, with, did with Shinji Mikami and something else. Um, it was like a, a over the uh, over the shoulder shooter. Um, I haven't. I cannot think of it. But he was doing other projects. So at, during that time, No More Heroes wasn't just you know wasn't uh, you know wasn't in I guess not the interest or wasn't in development because he was doing all of these other projects. So seeing that and hearing that it may take ten years, he might have other projects in mind that he wants to do. All right, but Ed, let me let me just push you on this. this. You know, of course, I think you're the only one on the panel that's played it, but it's selling pretty well right now. And and the um, it comes out. I think August 27th is when mm-hmm. uh, Norma Heroes Three comes out. It just it, it seems like you would want to dump that money back into producing the next title in the franchise, right? Like, what yes. does it make sense for them not to have any sense of urgency with this? Why Why do you think that is? Now, I think they need to build it because it. They would, I think, because of Suda 51's creative and craziness of developing games, you know, he wants to, he wants to continue No More Heroes. And that, for some people, that, you know, it would be nice if he would just focus on that one series. But he has these weird and wacky ideas that he wants to tell in games and stuff. So I think he wants to express a lot of, a lot of that out before he returns back to No More Heroes. Because you don't want to, you don't want to, um, be putting stuff out and then just make it feel like it's a Call of Duty annual game and everything mm-hmm. just because of success, you know. Well, it is Nintendo's featured game. You know, they put out that calendar for the games that they plan on releasing, mm-hmm. and each month has sort of like its icon game. Uh, yes. And that for August, like that's the big heavy hitting title. So it just seems like Nintendo is putting some weight behind it. But, you know, again, I guess they're not directly involved in the development of the game. So, yeah, uh, I think I think after seeing the trailer and people wanting been like fiending for more information and stuff. Now that the game is coming out, a lot of people have begun, got an interest because people mm-hmm. went and bought the regular number here was one and two or are streaming the games now. Like, and it was they, on sale at the eShop as well, right? The, yeah. The first two. Yeah. People well, have been going back to play it. Any, any final comments on this, Jacob or Stephanie? I know that you guys haven't played it. Um, are, is, are, do you plan on getting into the No More Heroes franchise at all? Or is this one that you uh, won't, won't be on your list of games to play? Stephanie, Go ahead, Jacob. Okay, okay. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to check it out, but I've got so many other games that I have to get around to and more games keep coming that I don't know if I ever necessarily will. Uh, this news sounds exactly like Suda51, though. 
Um, I, I don't know if y'all remember, but he's the guy, he, for anyone who doesn't know, when Nintendo did the, the launch event, he came out and the poor translator like kind of lost his mind and everyone during the live event was like, what is going on? Get a new translator. And it turns out that Suda 51 just totally went off script and like just started talking about, I think it was like wrestling and football or something. Like he wasn't even talking about no more heroes. Like he's such a, he's such a crazy guy. And that like to hear him before the game even launches to hear him say like, Oh yeah, that one will be out 10 years from now. Like that's, that's such a, that's such a, classic thing for him to do it seems like is to just be really off the wall kind of bonkers which is exactly what no more heroes is too so it it fits him really well but like that that's kind of the only takeaway i have from this is that like this this just seems like something that he probably said just off the cuff you know just like didn't actually mean anything by it but he was just he just thought it and so it came out um (laughs) but but other than that no I, i i don't i don't know if i'd ever get into no more heroes i I feel like I'd like it, but who has who has the time? Yeah, Jacob made my life very easy. Like his explanation of whether or not he was going to get it is basically mine. Like I would not be opposed. To, and like someday, ideally, I'd like to explore it. But there's just way too many other things. It needs to get in line. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I know. In three, there is a cat mini gang. So. <gasps> oh goodness. <laughs> oh, might jump up a couple spots. <laughs> Well, I'll be interested to see the numbers that it does for Switch, um, given that it kind of had its own little space in the month of August here. And and we know that Switch is a, a game seller. I mean, things that show up on Switch sell games. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, all right. Well, yeah. that is the end of our family news segment. You'll, uh, be Ed- able to hear, you'll be able to hear it and play with power in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. I wonder if... All right, Ed. Go ahead, Jacob. I wonder if we're going to get... Travis touchdown for the final character in Smash because they haven't said anything about it and it comes out in August. Oh my goodness. Like that'll probably no. be the thing to put it over the edge. They As like a, a marketing push, that's a pretty good idea. They already did a me character outfit for it. They've done it. They've got Link. I hate that argument. Can I say I'm gonna rant real quick? <laughs> I hate that argument. They have a me character for Link. They have a me character for Samus. They have a me character for everyone that's, that's already in the game. Get out of here. That's not an argument. Okay. Sorry. Since we're talking off script Smash Brothers just for a second, I can't take credit for this guy. I saw it on Twitter. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember who tweeted it. Yeah. But the final character in Smash Brothers needs to be Master Hand uh, as a callback oh. to the original Smash Brothers. I mean, that would just, it makes too much sense not to do that. Yeah. So, Which is, yeah. speaking of Smash, it's still bunkers to me that when they show the MPD for America, that Smash is beat uh, Ratchet and Clank. The next month in July, yep. I'm like, how the heck do you go from one to eleven? Yep. Sorry. Well, sorry. And, and Mario Kart's still cleaning up on top, so it is just it's I, a Nintendo world. I love all I love all the tweets right now that are like, can people stop buying Mario Kart Eight, please, so that we can get Mario Kart Nine? Shout out to Crossroads. No shade to the uh, Crossroads team, but uh, your high class game is getting outdone by. By Smash still. By the best fighting game of all time. Oh, man. Somewhere Laron's blood is boiling right now. Oh, boy. called it a fighting game on top of everything else. Laron, he'll see me next month on Crossroads. (laughs) Hopefully. All right, Anna. Let's get into Doc Mo. Thank you, David, for the family news. That was a great discussion, everybody. So, Doc Mo, everybody. Mario, Shovel Knight, Bayonetta, Kirby, 
and Date are just some examples of great protagonists we love to play or enjoy watching. As much as we love them on our favorite game list, like we put them on our favorite game list, I think it's time we got a little evil. For this dark mode, we are going to present our personal top five villains. Yes, we can celebrate the destruction, frustration, and not cynical plots and reasons these villains have created for us. So, elite black agents, let's get down and dirty. <laughs> so, yes, I think, hmm, Jacob, do you have your list? I do have my list now, yes. David, do you have your list? I do. And are we going like one at a time? Like everybody yes. does five, everybody does four? Okay. Yes. Uh, Stephanie, do you have your list? I sure do. Okay. Then, David, I'm going to start with you because I'm excited <laughs> to hear. What is your number five? All right. And we're going to do honorable mentions just on their own at the end, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so... My number five is the Shadow Nightmare from Link's Awakening, which I think is uh, one of my favorite Zelda bosses of all time. And it, it kind of it, it's like the same boss that you're fighting throughout the game. You just don't know it. And then at the end of the game, it, it takes the form of all the various creatures that you fought as kind of like a little boss rush. And uh, I just love the idea that you're. You're fighting a nightmare in a dream. It's just an awesome. It was, you know, all the way back to the early days of gaming. It's just, it was creative and exciting, and I, I love that one. What was Zelda two the first time you fought a uh, Shadow Link? Yes. No, not not yeah, but not but, Shadow Link. It's this is the Shadow Nightmare it, from uh, Link's Awakening. Okay. But yeah, but that was the first Shadow enemy. Yes. Okay. Awesome, Jacob. What is your number five? So I went. I went kind of purely based off of just like the the theme of the character and what they're kind of like the weirdness of them and stuff. So my number 5 is actually Vati from Le from Legend of Zelda. I I I love Ganondorf. He's great. I think Vati needs his own like he's always been pushed to the handheld titles and and like mm -hmm. the weird spin-offs like Four Swords Adventures and stuff. And I think that he needs relevance in like a mainline like Breath of the Wild 2, here's Vati as as a side boss or something. Or the main boss even. Like I I just I love him. I love his design. I love his like ultimate power mode that he goes into. Um Yeah. Vati. Yeah. Yes. Stephanie, what is your number five? Alright, so my number five, not a Zelda character yet. Um <laughs> King K. Rule throwing it back. Uh, <laughs> love it I, I just love his animation I love in Donkey Kong 64 his like sound effect was oh I can't even do it right. <laughs> it was great he's just like very conniving and I mean he, he kind of you know gravitates more towards those tropes but there's just something super unpredictable about him that I really really enjoy so also the best and theme song of all time Yes, I Lost. literally was just a gangplank galleon. I was just gonna say that. It's in my head now. Yep. Oh, okay. All right, Ed. Awesome. So mine is, and this is a shout out to uh, Corey, uh, because Mauser from Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> I love Mauser with him throwing them bombs with the glasses. Uh, so 
uh, Corey's son, uh, like I'm kind of his uh, play uncle. <laughs> uh, uh, I call him my Mauser uh, because um, you know his name is Miles, and uh, I, I heard a funny funny story on how his name is sometimes pronounced, and I was just like, oh, my Mauser. So I call him that because uh, I think he's such a cool kid and everything. But yeah, when I fought Mauser and Mario Brothers 2 with him just throwing the bombs and him just going back and forth and looking cool, I was just like, I love him. And they use, they they like really like treated Mauser as a mascot for that game at one point and i was just like i love this <laughs> so i love blowing him up and hitting him with his own bombs and his glasses coming off and then coming back on it was really cool that they animated like animated him for an eight-bit gang so uh number five is my is mauser from super mario brothers 2 for me so david what is number four for you Number four is King Boo from Luigi's <laughs> Mansion. Uh, yes. it, the third Luigi's Mansion is my favorite. Uh, but, you know, I just I, he, I love that it's somebody new and fresh in the Mario universe. It's not just Bowser. And, you know, the idea that he's just always trying to keep this hotel. And, and you know, um, <laughs> I, I actually like Luigi better than Mario. So why not his He nemesis. is a superior Mario brother. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I still love Toad driving that bus. <laughs> that game. I would never stop laughing at that. Uh, Jacob, what is your number four villain? My number four villain is Mr. L from Super Paper Mario. <laughs> I, I, I just love, I love that they turned Luigi into a bad guy. And he was like actually one of the, other than the, I don't know if this is spoilers, but the creepy like thing that turned into a spider towards the end, Mr. Uh. L was always just like, He's so cool. He's it's it's I I don't know. I love seeing I love seeing Luigi like have a have be able to really stick it to Mario finally and like get away with it. Super Paper Mario needs to come to Switch. I love that game so much. Stephanie, what is your number four? All right, another well in my mind, uh throwback, Andros is my number four. <gasps> villain of the lilac system i mean come on he's he for me he was like the first kind of he, like the head and hands boss of nintendo i feel like yep. so many games after that has at least one boss with a floating head and hands <laughs> so oh man he was just and there's like something very mad scientist about him and mm-hmm. you know maybe me like having a science background i always find it like super cool um but no other than just the fact that just he is the kind of a boss that you'll just see essences of him in future iterations like if we're looking at zelda what's that boss in wind waker um oh he also in the tower of the gods yeah the, yeah and bongo bongo and uh, and bongo Arcana. bongo so those just are just two <laughs> bongo bongo yeah Sorry. I love that guy. Anyway. That's true. I never made that connection going back to uh, Andros. That's interesting. Yeah. So. Nice. All right. Um, my number four is Gale for Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. <laughs> and and uh, this is the from the Street Fighter 30th collection that was on Switch. Like I told, uh, I told uh, David, I'm like, how to cheat without cheating? <laughs> uh, 
I love Gil because and Gil is the final boss of Street Fighter 3 and what he is is a mixture of like ice and fire and uh, he has his long waving hair and his and his catchphrase at the beginning of the round is called is he says my DNA will crush you and uh, it's just like it's so crazy that he'll build up his level and when you think that you defeated him in the second round he falls to the ground and regenerates his whole health bar. So you have to fight him a whole nother time and get his level down to defeat him the second time. Like it is, it was amazing to do that, but it was frustrating as ever. And he is hard. If you do not know how to parry in Street Fighter Third Strike, he is going to whoop your tail. Um, but like I love him as a boss. I think he's way better than M. Bison when it comes to like final bosses in the Street Fighter series. Um, so uh, Gil for Street Fighter 3, Third Strike is for me. Um, number three, what is your number three villain, David? I'm going to go with Zanza from Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Ooh. Edition. Um, just a really cool character. I, you know, For people that haven't played it, I don't want to say too much, but there's so many twists and turns in the story of Xenoblade and just a really imaginative, larger-than-life boss. Um, you know, So that, that's one I'm going to put on there for me. All right. Jacob, what is your number three? Uh, my number three is going to be Rahu. From, I think that's how you say it, from the Custom Robo series. Um, ah! I, I have very fond memories of Custom Robo. Uh, when I got the game, I had some friends come over for the weekend, and they stayed over all weekend, and, and we played through it all the way but i love that i love that in that game rahu just kind of appears as a as a custom robo and then just starts destroying everything like no purpose really mm-hmm. um so and again all of mine are kind of based off of design more so than how the fights were or anything like that but i i really liked i really liked rahu and i wanted to they have the little custom robo um uh assist trophy and I think it was in Brawl and Wii U Smash. I don't think it's in Ultimate, but I could be wrong. Um, and I wish that they would show him some love as well. All right. Stephanie, what is your number three? All right, nice. Uh, I am now kind of circling back to some Zelda stuff. So uh, my choice for number th- uh, three is Dark Link. Um, mm-hmm. I have not gotten to Dark Link in Zelda 2. But so I guess I'm speaking more towards Dark Link in Ocarina of Time. But I guess, you know, mm-hmm. overall entity is fine because there's just something amazing about confronting your own, you know, dark side in a game. There's obviously a lot of philosophical meaning behind that. And and again, in the Ocarina of Time battle, it's just overall very cool concept. You're in this room. You know, it looks very foggy. The, if there's water on the floor, it looks like a gigantic mirror. Uh-oh, you can't open the door on the other side. Then you turn around, and then the mini-boss fight song starts. So it just triggers a lot of happy dopamine hormones in my head. <laughs> I don't think about that. All right. Uh, for number three, and I think Jacob is going to like this one, is Toby Kadachi from Masahana Rise. <laughs> I despise him so much because of all his thunder and electricity stunning you and he likes to jump and flip around so much but fighting him in rise was so much <laughs> i had a ball fighting him but he even fighting him in master hunter uh world just fighting him in general he's just like he'll look at you like oh 
I know I got you. And then he'll just like start electro- electrocuting the ground, flipping everywhere, and it gets hard. And he has this long tail. He's like a mixture of a raccoon and a bird, I think, yeah, electric, or a squirrel. Electric Rocky. Oh, <laughs> he is a nightmare, but I love fighting him. And I love his design mm-hmm. in Rise. Like, he is so cool. I have pictures of him on my Switch that I took uh, from defeating him and everything. But, like, Toba. Uh, Toby Kadachi just like uh, he gets on my nerves but I love him as a villain he's just amazing a villain so number two David what is your number two all right well this is one of mine that I I cheated a little bit because this is on switch but not a switch original game Uh, it is the xenomorph from alien isolation which belongs on this list almost took number one on my list because it is Ah. the greatest ai in the history of video games to date it is just phenomenal the way uh the cat the entire game is built around this cat and mouse uh escape and when you turn you crank the difficulty up the artificial intelligence of the xenomorph is unparalleled in video games and it truly takes every last bit of wit to outsmart it and get safely to the end of the level and uh I mean, it's the reason that that is in my top five favorite video games of all time because it's such an engaging antagonist. So that that's my spiel for that. It is nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. Scary and nerve-wracking. If you thought the Resident <laughs> Evil was scary, and I, Alien Isolation will make you want to drop the controller and turn, turn the game off. <laughs> it's true. It is, it is nerve-wracking. Trust me. Uh, Jacob, what is your number two? Okay, so my number two is actually Nightmare from Metroid Fusion. Um, Ooh. That boss is so incredibly rage-inducing. Um, <laughs> I, I, my, my girlfriend stopped playing Metroid Fusion because she got to him and was like, "Nope, I'm done." Uh, and then I, it, it's, I'd spent several hours late at night when I should have been asleep because I was just like, I'm beating this boss tonight. Uh, and then like actually screaming at my game about how unfair he was and how random <laughs> these patterns are uh, to the point where I had to look it up and and figure it out. And then like, once you know, it's a pretty easy fight, but like trying to just like, there's like, basically it's cheese. Like there's a certain spot that yeah. if you hang in, you can fire mm-hmm. missiles really easily at him and he doesn't typically hit you too often. But like, oh man, that fight is a it, nightmare is an absolute nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, he comes that. back in Metroid Other M. Well, Stephanie, what is your number two? Um, I considered him a, a villain, even though the games he appeared in didn't really have that kind it wasn't a story focused game. And it's kind of funny that David mentioned this character earlier. It's Master Hand um, from the Super Smash Brothers. Yes. I remember the 64, and I was younger back then too. That just, that floating white hand gave me nightmares. <laughs> it was just like, who's controlling this hand? He's controlling. There's something about like, the concept of a puppet pulling all the strings behind the scenes is just mm. super creepy. But again, a lot of it has to do with me being a child back then, and it just terrified the living daylights out of me. But I would always dominate as Pikachu and beating the crap out of him at the end, and it was just a lot of fun. <laughs> all right. 
Well, my number two is, and I'm so happy. That's why I, I love this list. Majima from Yakuza 1 and 2 from Wii U in Japan. <laughs> Majima is crazy. He's literally insane. He he dresses up in police outfits just to make sure that your main character, Kiryu, don't have a weapon on him. So, because if he finds out that you have a weapon on him, he will fight you. He will be his own people. He is he is Kiru's like kind of main thing that he wants to only him to fight and kill. He doesn't want no one else doing it. Like he will beat you with a bat. He will hit you with a knife. Like Machima is insane. And he'll in the later games that not on Switch, but in, like the later game Yakuza games, he dressed in different kind of costumes. He'll appear out of like uh, a manhole from the street and be like, "Here you, son." I come and he would chase you and it would be an he is the joker to Batman pretty much he is literally insane and I love him for his craziness his fights are long but he is just literally insane like he would be his own henchman if they talk out of line to Kiru because no one can't talk to him besides Oni Machima uh, so that is my number two that that crazy fool and yes David <laughs> If you do have Game Pass, you can see more of him with the Yakuza series. (laughs) So, everybody, it is time for our number Uh, one. Honorable mentions? Uh, We're going to hold on to honorable mentions at the end. Okay. Uh, So, David, what is your number one villain? Well, I apologize to anybody else that has this character as their number one as well, but uh, I got to go with the King of Evil, Ganondorf. Um, specifically, if I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna name a specific one, it's the Twilight Princess Ganondorf. That fight is so epic. Uh, you know, holding that Wiimote in the hand to hand sword fighting at the end with the ring of fire around you and the mm-hmm. music and uh, that that boss fight, like just. Uh, it, it's stood out to me through the years. And, and of course, just as a character, um, all the different ways that Ganondorf has defined evil. I, I do wish that the Zelda franchise would get some new, new villains in, but, um, there's a reason that that character has been so enduring. And, uh, that's, that's why Ganondorf is the top of my list. Yeah. Nice. That's a crazy fight. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob, what is your number one? My number one is Dark Falls from the Fantasy Star series, specifically Fantasy Star Online version of Dark Falls. Um, I played the heck out of Fantasy Star Online on the GameCube uh, when I got one for Christmas. And to this day, easily one of my favorite games of all time. Um, that fight at the very end, uh, like was probably one of the only, the few times I've ever cried in a game because there was, uh, there's a character called red ring Rico that you learn about all through the playthrough. And then you find out that like, she basically got assimilated by dark falls and you end up having to kill both of them. Um, and it's, it's such an epic fight with multiple phases. The music is gorgeous. The graphics are gorgeous. The, like the art style of it all is beautiful. It's raining. It's, oh, it's such a memorable and good fight. And like that music. And then the music from the intro to fantasy star online, just immediately get chills whenever I hear it starts up and I can, I can name it within like a second of it start like mm. the sound i don't even need to hear a lot of it i just love those i love that game okay stephanie what is your number one 
All right. Well, good thing I changed it the last minute. I was kind of on the fence. It was going to be Ganondorf, but for my list, it's now going to be Girahim from Skyward Sword. He never would have made my list otherwise. I was just such a Ganondorf fan fangirl in like the weirdest way. But <laughs> as I'm re reliving the experience with Gary, he's just such a great, refreshing villain in the Zelda franchise. Um, he he doesn't go totally Looney Tunes, kind of like um oh Zant. Zant, even though I initially liked Zant in the beginning. I just kind of loved how he has this swagger, this confidence, the weird tongue thing he did at the, the first <laughs> fight. It's like, I don't know, just all of that. Um, his character design's great. He kind of evolves, so to speak, throughout each of the boss battles. And lastly, if you look at it, you kind of almost, at least I do, feel bad for him at the end because his sole purpose, kind of like the antithesis of Fi or Fee, is that he tries to revive his master, and when he ultimately does, his master doesn't give two craps about him, really. He uses him, disposes of him, and it's it's actually kind of tragic, actually. So the fact that it makes me think that way is what makes a very good villain for me. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, my number one is Ganon from The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. I love the way that he looks, the way that he's animated, his laugh in when in motion is evil. You feel his presence. It's like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm just like, ooh, 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 I love this. And just the way that they, I would not spoil the way that this, now the game is. Mm. Or the, mm. you guys all know the scene that I'm talking about. Yes. Oh, how you know how the game is. So mm -hmm. I will even mention that fight, mm -hmm. I love and just that i feel like to me that is the getting that i respect that's the getting that mm -hmm. i love um every time i fight him when i play in wind Waker, it just brings me back to be like this is the reason why i love this character as a mm -hmm. villain so before we get to our honorable missions our uh indie insider dan <laughs> has left us a list um he put Ganondorf for zelda for number five number four was dr raleigh from mega man number three was albert wesker from resident evil two was sephiroth from final fantasy 7 and one was malos from xenoblade 2 uh so now let's get into some quick honorable missions and then we're going to get into playing with power uh so david uh do you have how many honorable missions do you have just one okay yeah, so I, I wanted to include Mother Brain from the original Metroid. And honestly, the Metroid Zero mission is is obviously the best iteration of that. But just as a, a creative sort of genre defining villain that, you know, that concept of like a, uh, artificial intelligence brain in a, in a tank uh, gets used constantly throughout storytelling in the sci-fi um, tech fantasy sort of universe. And, you know, that... That was, I, th I believe it's origin. I, I can't think of another appearance of something like that, either in film or in video games. Um, maybe Crane from the Ninja Turtles. But um, yeah, so I, I really like that. And I think it I think it's uh, made its contribution over the years. All right. Jacob, do you have any honorable mentions? I have three. Okay. Um, so my first honorable mention is uh, Miasmo. From Chibi Robo Park Patrol, he's a he's a anthropomorphic, not anthropomorphic. He's a living uh, cloud of smog that 
causes trouble for Chibi Robo, our little vacuuming friend. Uh, I think he's. I think that's just one's just really funny. I also have um, the omnipotent King Blue from the Beautiful Joe series. I. Yes. I uh, again, I was going a lot with like style and, and what their attitudes were like. And I think that that character is just rocking the whole beautiful Joe series is super, super like, um, stylized. And then finally, uh, devil Joe from monster hunter. If you have ever faced devil Joe, the first time that you faced him, you would have to ask yourself why an incredibly angry pickle is trying to kill you. Um, and that, that, monster strikes fear into the hearts of many including my own i do i do not i love to hate him i, I love uh to hate him absolutely uh, i love those uh th th those honorable mentions jacob oh my gosh um i just have two honorable mentions and i'm sorry they're kind of generic as far as kind of well, commonplace, I should say, but Wario, and the reason why he wasn't my top five is just because Wario is just so famous. I'm like, nah, you know, everyone would pick Wario, but he's still, I still want to acknowledge him just because, I mean, he is a villain, but I just love the fact that he's just a fun villain. His yeah. spinoff games are so fun. So just for the fun sake, you know, it's nice to have a quirky, chaos-driven uh, villain. And then from the Zelda, because it has to be a Zelda franchise, um, a boss, because again, I, I, I not a like an ultimate villain, but Kalakdos is one of my mm. favorite bosses. And that's why it's an honorable mention, you know, versus like Girahim, the ultimate villain, so to speak, next to Demise. But the way you fight Kalakdos um, with the whip, like the weapon you use is fantastic. There's just so much satisfaction just ripping apart all of his mm. joints and using his own sword to just go nuts. If you're having a mm. bad day, just have a save file <laughs> for Kalakdos and just play that. And then lastly, when that thing gets defeated, I don't know if you, you guys hear that little child's giggle as it dies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wicked creepy. <laughs> so. Well, uh, just have uh, just three. Um, so uh, Super Mar so, uh, Yoshi's Island, all the bosses. <laughs> all the bosses. <laughs> Fighting that crow on the moon is probably one of the best fights of the 16-bit area. It's so good. It's just like that game with the boss everybody. It is on Switch or Super NES Online. If you not play Yoshi's Island, I advise you to go play that whole game straight and fight all of those bosses. It's literally so good. And it's funny that you mentioned uh, Mother Brain, um, David, because mm. all the bosses at Super Metroid, it's just phenomenal. Just oh my goodness, uh, the uh, just the secret ways that you could beat enemies. Ripley, um, the I forgot the the one that you fight uh, where you had to break him, uh, bring him back into the pit. And he falls down to crush. What is it? Crocomire. Yeah, Crocomire, and then he pops back up and everything. Just love that fight. So all the bosses in there. Um, the last one, <laughs> and the people are probably gonna remember this. The eagle from Ninja Gaiden on the NES. That eagle is evil because if it hits you, it it'll drop you to the pit and it keeps regenerating if you leave leave the scene. My my 80s and 8-bit players in NES know the frustration of that dang eagle and inflicting your jumps. <laughs> they know. Uh, and I was gonna ask uh, was gonna ask a little. Um, 
the little knife guy from the Final Fantasy games. Like he hit you with the knife and he kills you with one stab. Ton, and ton, Tonberry. Tonbon. Ton. I think Tonberry. Ton, yeah. 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 He looks he looks Close. innocent, but he takes a whole lot of hits to kill. Yep. Just and everything. Doop, you're done. Yeah, Tonberry. <laughs> But everybody, that has been our list. It's time for playing with power. Stephanie, where have you been playing with power? All right. Well, I'll tell you, um, I finished up Gree. So stay tuned for a future Talk the Walk episode on that fantastic masterpiece. Um, I'm actually in between video games right now because I have a writing project. But what I have like on hold that I was in the middle of playing is Skyward Sword HD. Um, Night in the Woods, I'm still stuck on. I keep telling everybody I will finish it because I want to, well, I know that's, um, I'm thinking about PlayStation, but, and I want to do Firewatch next. So that's all related to Talk the Walk stuff, so. Okay. Um, I've been playing Boyfriend Dungeon, uh, enjoying that again. So, so good. I love the animation, love kind of the fighting in the dungeon. Um, it's not, it's not bad. It's really easy, uh, getting into, um, I know there's been a lot of conversations about it, but I want to see it all the way through. Definitely enjoying that. Um, been playing a lot of the great ace attorney. Um, I'm on the last case about to finish this game. Just got a few, a couple more hours to get through this game. Uh, and last but not least, been playing Monster Hunter Stories 2. Got hooked on that game Saturday, and I was just like, man, this game is so, still so good. Just completely love it. Right now, I'm just grinding uh, so I could beat this boss in the second area, um, and then I'll be unlocking some stuff. Uh, Jacob, what have you been playing with, Palmer? So I've been playing, uh, still playing through Pokemon Omega Ruby uh, with my girlfriend playing Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. Uh, still, I'm uh, playing through uh, Ocarina of Time. I just beat the Shadow Temple on stream. Yes. Um, playing through, playing a bunch of Pokemon Unite still. Very much still in love with that game. Uh, playing through Metroid Prime. Kind of almost finished with Creature in the Well, I think. I'm pretty sure that I'm done there. But I put it down for a little bit because I got frustrated with one of the boss fights. Um, and I'm looking, actually looking for a new game to pick up. I'd like to play an RPG and I have a whole lot of them. Um, but if you have, like, I need, I've been trying to find a game for, like, for me that I don't play on stream, that I don't, like, do any sort of content creation with, that I'm just playing to enjoy because I've started to get a little bit of that burnout where it's, like, everything, every time I play something, uh, I feel like I have to be streaming it. Oh, and Minecraft. I, I, guys. Listen, I don't know if you know about this little <laughs> indie game called Minecraft. I just started really getting into it for the very first time, and it is phenomenal. I'm, it's going to blow up one day, I promise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that's it for me. But if you have recommendations, RPG, at Galadrad, hit me up. And, and Jacob, you were playing uh, the Road Trip to Canada game, too. I, Death I Road to on Canada. Street, yes. Which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, yes. Um uh, Secret of no, not Secret of Mana. Uh, well, I was going to say Secret of Mana because you said role playing games. Play Secret of Mana on the collection of Mana, uh, Jacob. Okay, pretty good okay. game. I will, cons- I, will, uh, I will look into it. David, what have you been playing with Power? Well, it's been a couple weeks since I was on the show. I was off last week. So, in that time, I rolled credits on Skyward Sword HD, um, which, you know, I made sure I got everything but. Uh, three heart pieces, which I just didn't want to waste the time with the mini games to get the last three heart pieces. I just, <laughs> you know, 
but uh, getting the Hylian shield was is always the highlight for me uh, and doing the boss rush uh, on that. Um, definitely cemented it as in my top five. Um, thoroughly enjoyed uh, playing it on the Switch. Um, and then since then, I've just been on this Metroid kick. So uh, I played all the way through Zero Mission and beat that. And just, yes. uh, you know, I've come around to this idea that Jacob said before that it's the single greatest remake uh, in Nintendo history. Um, so can't say enough good things about that. I'm also playing Metroid Samus Returns on my 3DS right now. Um, and then uh, it's coming out on switch soon so i'm gonna i'm gonna count this even though i'm playing it on xbox game pass i'm playing plague tale innocence right now and just blown away by that game so that's that's what i'm playing so that's just happy <laughs> that you yeah. played it and i uh, i don't know should we do a talk to walk hmm. we'll see uh yeah so everybody that's us playing with power and that's the show for nintendo power block um i want to thank everybody thank you stephanie thank you david thank you jacob everybody have a great week have a great weekend be safe enjoy some games and as always we'll see you next time on nintendo power block bye everybody Woo-hoo. Woo. bye